I was about 268 pounds and I felt myself being tired a lot. Just going up and down steps was a struggle. Some people like Oscar Cameo may notice something's wrong before they are diagnosed with prediabetes. It just felt weird, you know, when your body is off. But most people live for years with prediabetes before realizing they have it. Early diagnosis is key to managing prediabetes and preventing type 2. And that's what we'll talk about in this second episode of the Preventing Type 2 Diabetes podcast. We'll learn how prediabetes is diagnosed and hear from people like Jessica about how they coped with their diagnosis. It's something that makes you very mindful of how you live your life. This is the Preventing Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. BCW. The Preventing Type 2 Diabetes podcast is a production of Mission-Based Media and was made possible with the support from the American Pharmacists Association Foundation. This series is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for formal medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So please, if you have questions about your health, talk to a qualified healthcare provider. In episode one, registered nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist, Adrian May explained that prediabetes is the stage before type two diabetes. With prediabetes, your blood sugars are elevated, but not high enough for you to have the diagnosis of type two diabetes. I always tell people it's the bridge. You're at one end of the bridge, but if you cross over, you're at type two diabetes. The CDC estimated that about 96 million adults in the U.S. had prediabetes in 2019. That's about one third of the U.S. population. Oftentimes, people with prediabetes won't even know they have it. Prediabetes doesn't have a lot of symptoms. This is family nurse practitioner Ryan Aizi. We met him in the last episode. I have had some patients complain of fatigue or in some of my male patients, maybe some decreased libido. They're very subtle things that you wouldn't necessarily pinpoint, aha, that's diabetes right away. Oscar Camejo is the host of the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast. I live here in Atlanta, Georgia. My story began with me being diagnosed with prediabetes in 2018. Oscar was 268 pounds and constantly feeling sluggish and tired. I remember actually feeling some chest pain and it was just felt weird, you know, when your body is off. So I decided to go to the doctor. Initially, Oscar's doctors thought he had a heart problem, not prediabetes. And it wasn't until they took blood work that he learned his blood sugar and cholesterol were high. I was given a one-sheet document that said, hey, start eating better and try to exercise so you can prevent getting type 2 diabetes. Unfortunately, for many people, this is about all the information they get. Oscar got one sheet from his physician telling him he needed to make some really big life changes. But there are actually lots of great resources that can help people figure out what they need to change and how they need to change it. We'll get into some of those resources throughout this series, and you can find links on our website at healthunmuted.com slash resources. In some ways, Oscar was lucky to notice his symptoms, seek help, and receive a diagnosis of prediabetes early. 
For many other people, they may not develop symptoms or receive a diagnosis for a long period of time. And that loss of time means that you could be getting closer and closer to crossing that bridge to a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. As your body becomes closer to diabetic, you start to get maybe a little bit of tingling here and there in the fingers or the toes, which is known as a neuropathy. A lot of times they'll notice some weight gain that is harder and harder to get off. It's common for people with pre-diabetes to experience the kinds of symptoms that are associated with the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes. Increased hunger and eating more, more frequent need to urinate, and increased thirst and wanting to drink water more often or other beverages. So let's say you and your healthcare provider suspect you may have pre-diabetes. To confirm a diagnosis, your healthcare provider will most likely order a blood test called a hemoglobin A1C test. Here's Grace Silverio, a registered nurse and diabetes educator. A hemoglobin A1C is a lab test, so you have to go get some blood drawn in order to check to see over the course of three months how much glucose is actually still in the blood. You'll also hear hemoglobin A1C described sometimes as just A1C or HbA1c. And remember that glucose just means sugar. And the lab can do a quick calculation and say, yep, based on how much glucose we see attached to your red blood cell, your A1c is this. Red blood cells are the cells that carry oxygen from the lungs around the body. Your healthcare provider will take a small blood sample from your finger or arm. You don't need to do anything special to prepare for the test. Then it's time to read the results. In my experience as an educator, when someone gets their hemoglobin A1C result, it's like this report card. A score of 5.7% or below is considered normal. So for prediabetes, the hemoglobin A1C diagnosis is 5.7 to 6.4%. In other words, if between 5.7% and 6.4% of the hemoglobin protein in your red blood cells is coated with sugar, you may be diagnosed with prediabetes. 6.5% or greater than you are considered to be diagnosed with diabetes. Your healthcare provider may also use your A1C level to keep track of your risk of developing type 2 diabetes and other complications. I like to measure it as a way to gauge where someone is at on their path. We have some people who hang out in the pre-diabetic range. They're very healthy people. They eat healthy, they exercise, but their A1C is always at a 5.7, 5.8, regardless of what they do, but they never progress. Some people, if I check their A1C and they're at a 5.8, and then I check it a few months later and it's a 6.0, and then a few months later it's a 6.2, that gives me a lot of great information on, hey, we need to intervene now before this turns into something more serious. Another test that can be used to diagnose prediabetes is a fasting blood sugar test. A fasting blood sugar test, also known as a fasting plasma glucose test, or FPG, is like a snapshot of your blood sugar levels after you've gone without food for a stretch, usually overnight. Your healthcare provider can explain more about these different tests and which is best for your situation. If you or someone you care about are diagnosed with prediabetes, it can feel overwhelming. For Jessica, who has a family history of diabetes, it seemed to her almost inevitable that she would have it too. 
it almost seems like because of my genetic predisposition that this is something that I would be marching towards without an opportunity to scale it back, without stopping it. And then you see that your A1C is inching up and you are getting closer to the point of becoming diabetic and you get that pre-diabetes diagnosis. It's very scary. And because her family didn't openly talk about diabetes, Jessica found herself at a bit of a loss when she was diagnosed with prediabetes. It's not that I didn't take it seriously. It's just that I didn't know how to attack it in the way that I do now. Jessica, like many other people who struggle with their weight, also sometimes felt stigmatized and judged for things that fell out of her control. And while it's true that some lifestyle factors contribute to prediabetes and type 2 diabetes, Ryan reminds his patients that they shouldn't blame themselves and that other factors could be contributing. Your past doesn't define you. What you do going forward defines you. This is something that we can help manage. So the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train. So if you or someone you love has recently been diagnosed with prediabetes, here's a little guide to help you. Firstly, registered nurse Adrian May says you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. I think that the most important questions that a patient should ask their provider is, first of all, explain this to me. You say, I have this diagnosis. What does this mean? Well, if they say your A1C is 9.5, what does that mean? Secondly, your support network is also really important, as Jessica and Oscar have found. We live in a time where you don't have to think of your health struggles as taboo. And the more open you are and the more you are willing to talk to others who are in similar situations, the more you can garner from that to help change your lifestyle and move towards a healthier one. And if you are married or you have a partner or what have you, you want to be accountable to them to let them know, hey, I'm working on my health, so I need your help. It's okay if you're struggling to reach out to a friend. And if someone in your life isn't being supportive of your new healthy lifestyle choices, Sebastian Beller, who is a lifestyle coach with the American Pharmacists Association Foundation, recommends drawing clear boundaries. It is worthwhile to try to have a conversation with those people and let them know that while they're entitled to their own opinions, it's probably not going to be helpful to your progress. And these conversations can be awkward. I've had a few of them myself. It's weird sitting down with your mother and telling her, I don't need you commenting on my health anymore. But when you set those expectations early on and you tell them that this is what I'm going to be doing, this is what you're going to be seeing, this is the support that I need from you, they're much more likely to give you that support and at the very least withhold those opinions that might be not so helpful to your progress. And thirdly, go easy on yourself. It can be overwhelming. It can be a lot. Be kind to yourself. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. This is an individual walk, individual journey. Once you get everything lined up the best way you can, move forward. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to get it right every time, but just do it. It's your journey and just stick with it. In the next episode, carbohydrates raise your blood sugar if you eat too much or you might go a little low if you don't eat enough. We talk about food choices. Does a pre-diabetes diagnosis mean the end of your favorite foods? 
For now, if you want to learn more about how prediabetes is diagnosed, you can head to our website at healthunmuted.com slash resources, where you can find links to the National Diabetes Prevention Program, Lifestyle Change Programs, and other resources that can help reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. I'm Dr. BCW, and this is the Preventing Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. This show is part of the Health Unmuted Audio Library by Mission Based Media and was created with support from the American Pharmacists Association Foundation. To listen and learn more, visit healthunmuted.com and share it with someone you care about.